Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Today's episode is brought to you by Seltzer Mayberg, our newest sponsor, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's 1-855-5000-LAW, L-A-W, 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000-square-foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We work out of that office, actually, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here at American Airlines Arena. No basketball going on right now, although Heat players are working out in preparation for the draft for the front office, which is Thursday night. We're coming in on a Tuesday. I'm here again with Alphonse Sidney. Check out our last podcast. We got into sort of the Heat's overall direction and what it should be, what type of player they should pick at 13. Didn't sort of deep dive into the specific players. Got into a few of them. If you want to hear deep dives into those players, check out the episode that we did, where I did, with Nikias Duncan, which we did about a week and a half ago, and that is in the live also, check out the other podcasts in our network. New episode of Three Yards Per Carry this week. The Dolphins are off, but those guys are not. So definitely check that out. And our Out for the Count podcast, I keep promoting this because they're getting bigger guests than anybody else in the network. They had Tyson Fury on. They had Triple G on. So check them out for boxing, MMA. And also, we relaunched Fantasy on Five with Josh Houts, Michael Dutch Sonbeek, and also David Friedman doing some daily fantasy. So that's a podcast that you want to check out. All right, the co-host from with me today, Alphonse Sidney. You can find him at Alf954. He's also one of the hosts of Light Skinned Opinions on our network. And what we're going to get into today is sort of broader context of the NBA, where things are going, and then we'll kind of get into some of the Heat players and what value they might have around the league based on that. So let's start with this. Toronto Raptors are the champions. Um, I don't think that's something we ever thought we would say. Yeah. Um, And I think it's proved a few things here. I think the first thing it proved was that every dynasty ends. And we know that. We saw it with the Heat here in their fourth season. Guys get hurt. They They get worn down, basically, by sort of the miles by the attrition on the roster where Mm. you don't have as many players on the bench that you can go to because of the way that the NBA rules work and it's harder to bring guys in. We saw that fourth year year with the Heat where they were trying to resurrect guys like Beasley and Odin and Tony Douglas because they didn't have the Mike Millers anymore. They didn't have that kind of depth. That happens, sort of the emotional toll of four years. And obviously, look, there were some unforeseen circumstances. You don't expect Clay Thompson to get hurt when he did. You don't expect Kevin Durant to go out when he did. So I think that's the first thing is that Golden State kind of proves, you know, again, that we think nothing's ever going to end. And ultimately, until it ends. Until it ends. Yeah. And I remember this conversation um, with Dwayne and LeBron. I, I remember uh, 
during their time here, I think it was in the Heat's fourth season here for the Big Three, there was the Bad Boys documentary, 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. Oh, it might, maybe it wasn't 30 for 30. It, might, it was either 30 for 30. It might have been an NBA TV documentary. But basically, in that documentary, they say that. Everything ends. And I remember LeBron and Dwayne both talking about that the next day. So we'll get into Toronto in a second and kind of what their victory means. But I want to start with Golden State's loss. Everything we've talked about with the Heat over the past couple of years has been, well, take your time because nobody's winning a championship yeah. other than Golden State anyway. Well, that's what some people have talked about. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about yeah. what you've talked about yeah. because I, I think that's been the idea is, like, oh, this is hopeless anyway, so let's just put this all thing on hold mm-hmm. here for two to three to four years. But we just saw a team in Toronto that kept getting banging its head against the wall in the playoffs. They made one move. Mm-hmm. which they traded arguably their best player, who was not good in the playoffs, for a guy who was better than that, but also thinned out their depth a little bit. And they win a title taking Masai Ujiri, in my view, one of the top two or three, if not the best general manager in basketball right now, takes a big, big risk, and it pays off. What did you take from Golden State losing, and what does it mean for the conversation we had last week about the Heat's direction? I guess what I take from it is, just like what you were saying, that – these dynasties, they always come to these whimpering ends, you know? When you think about Magic, uh, that last year uh, against uh, Jordan, I think it was 92, um, it just, these these things just come to these whimpering ends. It's not, they don't go out with this huge bang. I mean, the heat, the way LeBron walked off the court in 2014, um, now you just look away. I I don't know if Golden State's reign is over. You know, they bring Clay back in March of next year, and they're a 41 team they get to 50 wins and all of a sudden now you have a sleeper at the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say they're completely over, but what it just shows you is that there's never a time. I think sometimes we overinflate these whole, these dynasties and it's not worth even trying because you look at what Toronto did. Toronto never tanked. Toronto never lost on purpose. Toronto just basically tried and tried and tried. And, hey, disgruntled superstar made a move. Bam. Now they're NBA champions. Um, and then, but then you look at the, the process. You look at Philly. Went down to Toronto. You look at Boston. Accumulated all these assets mm-hmm. over all of these years. What are they? They're about to have absolutely nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. They struck out on Anthony Davis. Kyrie Irving's probably leaving. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, to no fault of his own, has been a bust. What they have Al Horford left and a bunch of young guys that you know might not be as good as we thought they were during that initial playoff run. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you that. It, it's not, you know, I could sit here and a lot of us uh, culture guys could go and run around taking victory laps. Oh, tanking doesn't work. Look what Toronto did. But what it just shows you, there's, there's so many different ways of team building. The, the idea of a roadblock in your way doesn't mean that you decide, hey, well, let's just tank for the next five years because Golden State's going to win everything. Yeah, and I think if you look at Toronto and you look at the way it was built, you know, Kawhi is there because they – they hit with DeRozan. Now, that was pre-Ujiri. I believe that was Colangelo. But they hit with DeRozan. They made a move for Lowry, which at the time, I mean, they ended up re-signing him, remember, the summer of 14, where people thought maybe he might sign in Miami and compliment yeah. LeBron. Uh, but they, they hit with Lowry at a time where it was unclear kind of if Lowry was the kind of guy you wanted in your organization. Like, there were a lot of issues about him in other places. Uh, you know, was he really an elite point guard? So there's a question there. I mean, Siakam, where they got him, absolute steal. I mean, that's Ujiri. Uh, Van Vliet, okay, another guy, a core rotation. 
presentation piece for yeah. them uh, that was coming out of college was like, is this even a pro? And it was crucial to their championship. Crucial to their championship. And, and as they thinned out their depth, because they had to give up some players to go forward and some others that they thought would be factors like Ananobi and others were not. And yet they end up winning a championship. You know, they made a move for Ibaka that at the time seemed a little bit risky. The Gasol move, again, strike when you can. Um, they they built in a, in a very, again, through the middle, but then expanding it in terms of getting the right piece. And then, of course, they got the superstar, but they needed, and this is part of the, the been part of the problem for the Heat, you, sometimes to, to get the superstar, you need a piece that is attractive enough to headline a package, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go back to, you know, the Heat getting Shaq. Well, they had two pieces that were attractive enough to headline a package. Lamar Odom had, was coming off a very, very good year. Uh, I, mean, I mean, as arguably that year, the Heat's best player. I mean, it was Dwayne at times, but a lot of times it was Lamar. Karan was hurt, so he wasn't what he was the year before, but you knew Karan on a good team could be your second, your third when, best player. When Karan was on the Lakers, he was, there was a lot of times he was their second best player. Right. Scoring 20, 25 points a game. So uh, Karan could play, yep. you know, so they had those pieces. Yeah, they had those, and then they had a contract in Brian Grant to kind of make the money work, and that's what you need to be able to, to make this kind of move. And, and the question for the Heat has been with this group, if you're going to do this through a trade, do you have that piece? Is that piece Josh Richardson? I think the, the evidence on that is probably not uh, for most teams. I think Josh, and we talked about this in the last podcast, I think Josh has real value to a team as their third or fourth best player who's just a plug-and-play player like you know he's going to defend you know he's probably going to shoot you 38 percent from three you know that he can handle a little bit not as well as you like him to you know he's a good guy in the locker room and there's just josh is a very easy guy to integrate into your organization um but he's not a headliner i don't think justice i sort of feel like there's more uh, variability there mm-hmm. like you either think justice is the guy or you think he's not the guy at all like yeah, there's, you not know. A lot of, there's not a lot of middle ground on Justice. no i think you think he's potentially an a minus player or he's a c plus player whereas mm-hmm. i think with josh like you know at this point he's probably a b and on a yeah. good day a b plus yeah. and and now but the one i just don't know and again something we discussed in the last pod in more depth but with Bam, I just don't think we know. I, I don't think we. I, I think you see signs, but I don't know if there's a general manager. I don't know that the Heat want to move him. They didn't want to move him last summer. I think they want to move him less now, mm-hmm. especially as Hassan's contract gets closer to the end. But I just don't know when you. And the way they talk about Bam is not a player they want to move. Although I always look past that because a lot of times Pat talks about a player that way. Because he is thinking that maybe this is the piece that I want to move. You're raising his stock. You're raising his stock and making it clear how hard it is to part with Mm -hmm. a guy that you love this much. I've been through that pattern for 25 years down here. So I think that's possible. But I guess that's the question is, is there one of those guys that could be a headliner to a package? And if not, then you're still kind of waiting to do the free agent route, which means you're waiting for these contracts Mm -hmm. to kind of – to kind of get off the books. I, one thing I want to touch on uh, also from a league uh, league context, I think if you look at the Eastern Conference now, and you made this point, you've got Indiana with Oladipo coming off a serious injury. 
I love what Nate McMillan's done there. I don't think their talent base is that great. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that they're contenders going forward. Boston, you mentioned the window's gone. They had a window there with this group. If, if Hayward had been healthy, Kyrie had been healthy, okay, maybe you don't even have to make the move for Antonio, for, excuse me, for Anthony Davis, Antonio Davis. They might not have had to make the move for Anthony Davis, but you could have with what you had. They've made a commitment that they, Jason Tatum is untradeable. Yeah. So is he going to be your best player going forward? And if he is, and maybe he's going to be really good, and I like a lot of his game, but I don't think you look at Boston as the serious threat that you did before. Toronto, are they going to lose Kawhi? There's no replacement on that roster for him. Yeah. I think they are going to lose Kawhi. Yeah, I think Kawhi's gone as well. And even if Kawhi stays, um, there's a lot of uh – there's a lot of things that had to come together at the same time. I, Toronto doesn't feel like a back-to-back championship team no. to me. They don't. I mean, honestly, would anybody be surprised if they went out in the second round? Toronto year? feels to me a little bit like the 2006 Heat. Exactly. That it's going to be a one-time champion that I hate to say this. Very few people sort of put up in that class. The only reason that they still get some of that is because what Dwayne did in that finals. Yeah. But nobody thinks of that team. I remember having a conversation with Antoine Walker a couple years ago about them never bringing that team back here to the arena in mm-hmm. its entirety. He's like, that would be nice. I don't know how you could get all those guys to come. Okay, <laughs> I mean, Jay Will, maybe from Orlando, Pose, you find Antoine. But that was just a team that was a mercenary team. Led by the ultimate mercenary in Shaq, Mm -hmm. kind of thrown together, and Dwayne rose it to a level that I didn't. Because I, you know, I always take the hit for this. I wrote many columns about how I hated the trades that Pat made that offseason, and Pat called me out between the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals. I think a lot of people did because. I think if you ask a lot of Heat fans, I think 2005 was a better team than 2006. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I, I did. I wasn't very happy with the moves either because I just felt like they were Dwayne Wade, rib, Dwayne Wade rib injury. Was it a rib? Yeah, they, it was a rib cage injury in Game Five. Yeah, and that, they, that injury. They would. I think they would have went to the finals. I think they would have beat the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, that team to me was better in each and every way than the 2016. But that's what I'm saying with the, with the Toronto team. Like last year's Toronto team was really good too. So now you got this year's Toronto team, and they, uh, there's a lot of circumstances that had to come together for them to win. I don't know if this team, if they run the same team back next year. If, like I said, second round exit, uh, third, uh, you know, conference finals against the, the Bucks. Would you be surprised if they don't if they don't I, make it to the finals? I was surprised they beat the Bucks this year. So no, I wouldn't. And, and I don't know what kind of Marcus Sully you got next year. Kyle Lowry's logged a lot of minutes the past few years. Um, I so I think it's gonna. Bach is on the way down. I mean, now the the only question for them is. Is Siakam a superstar? And we'll see. And if he is, that changes the equation. And I trust Masai to put the right pieces. And he obviously, look, when he makes the trade for Kawhi, it's not just, can we win one championship? And you know he's probably leaving. So the que- I'm sure there's another plan. I just don't know how they get there. But I don't think it's going to happen next year. I'm right. I, I, so, I agree So with they that. might be a one-and-done champion. Yes, so. I think so. So the other team you're looking at, uh, the other two teams are Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Now, Let's start with Philly. If you look at Philly's situation, I mean, are they going to pay that kind of money for both Tobias and Jimmy when it doesn't seem like Jimmy even really wants to be here? Jimmy wants to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay, be there. He, he wants to be here, not there. And and then you, you, the four of them didn't work all that well together. You haven't loved sort of their structure. So, you know, obviously from a talent perspective, but they also have 
you know, a relatively young GM in terms of, of Elton Brand hasn't been there a long time. And can he steer them through all of this? And, you know, they bring back Brett Brown when a lot of people thought they wouldn't bring back Brett Brown. The biggest problem with Philly is not Tobias Harris. It's not Jimmy Butler. It's the fact that you have your two best players, or if you want to call them best, it depends on how you how you look at the team, but Ben Simmons and Embiid occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, Simmons is... He on offense, he's basically a center when you talk about the space he occupies. So if your other best player is actually a great post-playing center, those guys don't work well together. If Ben Simmons can't develop a shot, he needs to go to a team with some six-nine power forward playing center mm-hmm. who can who can, where the four and the five can shoot and Simmons can operate down low. Because right now, that's the biggest problem with Philly. The biggest problem is that their best two players don't mix. Yeah. Um, and are they going to come off come off of either one of those players? I doubt it. Right. So right. So even if they re-sign Jimmy, re-sign Tobias, and spend all that money, which first of all I think it's a joke to spend to, to for that much money for Tobias Harris. Um, Jimmy Butler is a whole another conversation altogether. But like you said, he doesn't want to be there. And you've seen what happens when Jimmy's in a place where he doesn't want to be. Right. He, 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 get, he gets Woj to talk about how he busted the ass of, uh, of the rest of the team in practice, where Rachel Nichols like, just happens to be in Minneapolis that oh, same night. Right, and that, that's a problem I think the Heat would like to have, but, but don't have it right now. Uh, we're going to get to the Heat in a second, uh, right after we're going to take a break here. But Milwaukee, and I, I think that's the one team that if you look at, you say, all right, surprising that they went out the way they went out, mm-hmm. but clearly Clearly, there's a foundation there because you have a transcendent player, and they've done a really good job. John Horst and his group kind of putting pieces around. Brooke Lopez is a tough re-sign. I mean, you got him really cheap, and he fit perfectly with yeah. what you wanted to do last year. But when you look at Brogdon, when you look at Bledsoe, you look at some of the other pieces, Middleton, maybe they trade Chris Middleton if they get something better, but but I think for right now they're fine. But I think, to me, it's Milwaukee and it's everybody else in the Eastern Conference right now. See, the Bucks do have some of those pieces where they can make that Kawhi Leonard-type trade. Um, because if you have a disgruntled superstar and you have a Chris Middleton, you have a Brogdon, you have a Bledsoe, you have guys that were integral to your team but are also expendable at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can actually come off, off of some of those guys and go after a big name. I don't know who that name is, but that's why I think Milwaukee, because Giannis, it's not the same thing where, with the Raptors where Kyle Lowry is their best player once you take Kawhi out of the, the, the picture. With Milwaukee, they have Giannis. So they can make a, they can do they they have a bigger margin for error if they decide to go big or go home make some kind of big trade they still they'll still have Giannis there so there's whatever whatever you put around Giannis is still going to be a powerhouse in the East. All right, when we come back, what we're going to get into here is the Heat in the context of what's going on in the league and maybe how some of the things that have happened may make it a little bit easier for the Heat to kind of get out of the financial situation they've been in. We'll get back to our episode in a second. First, I want to tell you about one of our great long-term partners. That's Doral Toyota and Like Us at Five Reasons. They're pure South Florida. You can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. New, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come into the dealership, you work with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself in an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go. Another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network is ShipYourCarNow.com. That's ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, any boat, any RV, any motorcycle, or any kind of equipment anywhere you need to move it worldwide. You have a business and you need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Make sure you call them. These guys can ship it all. Give them a call or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. That's shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Make sure to mention five reasons on the phone if you call. There's no job too big or too small. Ship Your Car Now moves it all. All right, now what we're going to touch on here is the heat. And as other teams kind of sort of reconfigure themselves, it creates opportunity. And one of the things that we've talked about is that you know, the Heat had onerous contracts, and I'm not going to go back and revisit 16 and 17 again. Nobody wants to hear me do it. I have my opinions on it. I think I know why it happened, but it's <laughs> it's not really – I mean, it makes it's spilt milk at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So you are where you are, but one of the things that was always said was over time the situation becomes better. You just have to wait it out. So now we're in a position where some of these contracts – look, we knew, okay, that you know Hassan was going to be here for the length of his deal. As we're speaking right now, he's not opted in, but everything I've heard is that he's going to. I know there's some social media chatter otherwise. Yeah. Who knows how that happens? But I have somebody who would be a pretty good authority on the subject who told me – Ethan, there's no bleeping chance. Yeah. But but we'll see what happens. I mean, things change. You never know. Goran opted in. Um, I think the timing of that was surprising because it does clear the way for him to be traded, which is not something that I thought he wanted. And so we'll get into that. But then you have the other contracts, obviously a Linux, which I think most people feel is as long as he's used properly. And I think that was a challenge last year because of numbers, because of other things they were dealing with, you know, that that's not a bad contract. And then the other two that I think most people agree have been, which is James Johnson and Deion Waiter. But the point you wanted to make was that some of the things that happen around the league and just the ticking of the clock may create other opportunity here. Well, just like because how we're talking about the league is wide open now, right? There's, I think, I think because of what's happened with Golden State, you probably Kevin Durant's probably gone for the entire next season. Clay Thompson's not coming back to the end of, um, I think, end of February, early March at the earliest. Um, 
what we feel about uh, Toronto. I'm sure we're not the only people that feel like Toronto's vulnerable. It doesn't look like there's a powerhouse. Nobody's nobody's scared of Houston. Um, nobody's really scared of L.A. either, and we could talk about that another time because until they bring in a third guy, I don't trust anything going on with that team. I don't trust them to build anything around those two guys. So with the league wide open, I think right now you're probably going to have a lot of teams that are going to say, well, it's our time to go for it. And if that's the case, you look at what the Heat have, right? A lot of these teams are going to say, what do we need? We need depth. The Heat have depth, right? They have guys on now that were four-year deals when they were signed are now two-year really manageable deals. You have Deion Waiters on a two-year $24 million deal. Does that sound? It doesn't sound that bad anymore when you put it in that context. And we've already heard the rumors of uh, Golden State bringing in Dion as a stopgap until Clay comes back. And I think you're going to start hearing a lot more of these things when you start talking about even Kelly Olynyk, who I love, who I don't want to go anywhere. But at the same time, it's still a two-year small contract. James Johnson, if you need a seventh man, sixth man off the bench, and James, and let's say JJ starts the year off well and comes to the trade deadline, and you need a little bit of dem- uh, bench help, that's going to be an attractive option. So I think the outlook that has been so bleak in so many people's eyes, yours included, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. over the last couple of years, I think it's starting to brighten a little bit when you start seeing the state of the league and start saying maybe we don't have to wait to 2021. Because in my eyes, I, I say just stand pat, uh, no pun intended, um, and just wait it out to 2021. But there might be some avenues here because of the state of the league that say, these guys, very, very productive players. One thing that you can't take away from any of those guys that we talked about, they are still productive NBA players. You don't have just albatrosses on your roster. You have productive NBA players on small two-year deals. They can be very attractive to other teams around the league. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a slight counter on that. I, I think that, that James Johnson, and maybe it's because of the, the sports hernia and other things that got away from him, but he has been an albatross the last, uh, you know, last several months. But I'm not saying that can't change. You saw it in him. It's not like he's never had it. Mm-hmm. It's but it's he's had it for a very short period of time relative to his entire career. And the other thing is I wonder if some teams who respect what Spo has done with him may say I don't know if our guy is going to get that same thing out of him or I don't know if we can use him quite the same way. So that one still bugs me. But you're right. It's smaller than it was before. As far as and plus you know in the modern NBA to me if you're going to be a four uh, you know, and playing next to us, you know, you're going to be a straight four. I mean, you need to shoot 34 plus percent from three mm-hmm. to stretch the floor a little bit. And I don't know if that's where he's going to ever, he's going to be consistently. Um, you know, but you look at Dion. I mean, it's another situation because here Dion's going to get minutes this year, and that's one of the reasons if he's here, and that's one of the reasons I think they were making such a big point and and Spo you know, and Spo, but you know, Pat. You know, basically calling him out, okay, and then Spoke saying Pat and I are on the same page on this. Like that was very unusual the way that that was handled. Not that not them being on the same page being unusual, but the public call out that Spoke engaged in because Pat will do that, okay. But it's very unusual for Spolster to do that. So they are either, you know, they, I think, recognize how important he is either as a player here or as somebody to move off of, okay, and get something back for, hopefully. Now, you look at, you know, the course of his career, we've only seen it again with him for a smaller sample size. But unlike James Johnson, who was a first-round pick, but unlike James Johnson, you know, he was a top-five pick. And and there was considered to be this kind of ability that you could get it out of him more consistently. So, and he's and he's younger, 
than mm. they are. And they had six two guards last year, and now they have two. Yeah. And so the minutes will be there for him here. And so maybe you can this year rehabilitate him. I thought it was crazy to think you could last year. Too many bodies here. Him getting in the way of other guys who should be playing. Him getting in the way of Dwayne's last season. It wasn't going to work. But like this year, I do think that that's doable. I think Olenek would be very attractive to a lot of different teams because he's another plug-and-play player. You put him in. You know what he's capable of. You know he doesn't get in the way. He's not going to be a great defender, but he's not going to kill you positionally he's uh, you know offensively you can run stuff through him he's a pretty good three-point shooter especially for a big mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that he, he's a high IQ player there's a lot of stuff that you can do with him so perhaps you know he is movable but I, for me all of it comes down to this how much do they value their current young players what do they think the upside is with them and on the previous pod we talked about the 13th pick and that both you and I agree if they're going to keep it it needs to be for a high upside guy you're not shooting for a B or a B plus. You're shooting for an A, and if you get an F, okay, you yeah, get it's it. Not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But you have to make you have to be okay with taking the big risk, and you have to have something to sell. And I think this is generally what we're talking about with South Florida sports in general, is that there's just look. The Dolphins brought in a quarterback who arguably was the worst quarterback in the league last year, and people are excited as hell about it, <laughs> right? Because it's something different. It's something different, and it's something new, and it's something to sell. And, and look, I mean, the, you know, there's just isn't enough of that. And the Heat needs that piece. You know, they need somebody at Summer League that people are going to be following. They need somebody that you think, okay, what – and again, the guys we've talked about, a bull bull. Again, positionally, they have so many guys at that spot they'd have to clear out. But you look at a Kevin Porter Jr. If they draft a Kevin Porter Jr., if he's there at 13 and they take him, I think, you know, Summer League becomes interesting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what is his upside. But there, I mean, you also have Nazir Little, which mm-hmm. I think uh, will excite some people. Bol Bol, I know people are excited about him. I think it's a gimmicky thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that as a. I just, may, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't see him. I don't see the frame there right. to be to, to take an 82 game NBA season. I just really don't. So I think it's, it would. Yeah, I think it would get people excited and people would watch. But I don't see that as a future piece uh, mm-hmm. to, or a future All Star. So. And then we talked about some of the other guys, some of the more safer picks. I just, I, I think we, we're both in agreement. It's just not time for. Well, look, the guy who symbolizes that is Brandon Clark to me, and I, I, I know there's guys in the network who really like him, and I like him as a player, and I think Brandon Clark, from what I've seen of him, could be the type of guy who could be a starter on an excellent team. But is he ever going to be one of your three best players? I don't know. I don't know if that upside is there. And, and that's that's where the Heat, I think, have to get away a little bit from what has been the conventional approach here, which has been let's get the guy who's played in college the longest, who's the safest possible guy. Let's go get you know the Josh Richardson, who worked out very well, the Norris Cole, the Mario Chalmers, who we saw in a championship game. Now, a lot of these guys worked out, okay? Um, you know, But I think this time, you know, but again, we talked about the Wayne Simeons and the Tim Jameses, if you go way back, and and the Shabazz Napier, who is a functional NBA player now, but is never going to be a star. Can can you get the star? That's what they need right now. At the end of the day, one of the things I would say, though, and I I put put this on Twitter and I caught some flack, but I also had a lot of agreement that just no matter who they pick, there's been a track record here. And I I think people hold on to this thing of the Heat don't draft well. 
I think we have to get away from that. No, the, dra- the Heat don't draft much, right? <laughs> no, but there's also Heat don't draft well. I mean, right. the people still bring up the Wayne Simeons and, and, and certain draft picks from back in the day because we haven't had that many, so there hasn't been a big of a sample size. Right. Now there's a larger sample size. When you look at what they've done recently with their draft picks, we, uh, you know, the Heat has done a great job. They've outperformed. The BAM pick has outperformed the draft slot. The Josh Richardson has vastly out. Again, I've talked third in terms of uh, value of a replacement player for his draft. He was drafted 40th. I think just if you look at Justice, I think the number now is seven of it's either six or seven of the nine guys drafted ahead of Justice are not on their first team anymore. And it's not because they moved in free agency. It's because it's Okafor. It's the guy they've been dumped. Stanley okay, Johnson. Stanley Johnson. They're not on their first team anymore. Ubre. Right. So right. So I mean, Ubre may turn. He was after. He was, he after. was after. But but if you look at all the guys that were taken ahead of him, they. I mean, Porzingis is not on the first team. Now, he's the one that you're like, okay, that's a legit guy that moved. But the rest of them moved because their teams didn't want them anymore. And so I think you look at the three guys. Like we can talk all day about what the limitations are of Bam, Justice, and Josh. But they did at those draft slots get guys who outperformed, have outperformed their draft slots. I think Justice is just starting to, but I think Bam already is, and Josh clearly has. So, and then you've got a guy in Derek Jones Jr. who, you know, I agree with them now. I don't. I think if he if he redrafted his draft, he would have been kind of in a twenties. He would. Top, I think he would have been top fifteen pick. Possibly. I think if you look at that draft, but he would have at the very worst in the twenty to twenty five mm-hmm. range. And so they've they've done very well in terms of that core. So when we say, is there a superstar in the bunch, maybe there isn't, but that doesn't mean there aren't really good NBA players in the bunch. And so they have drafted well, but the problem has been they haven't drafted enough. It's, it's, not, it's not being bad at it. It's not valuing it enough, at least at the very top level of the organization. I do think that that's changed some, but look, if they, and I don't want them to shortcut the process either, all I want them to do is come out of 13 and I don't want to hear this is a guy we think and they won't say this but I don't want to hear this from other people maybe off the record you know this is a guy we think you know we you know is going to develop into a core rotation guy for us and give us 25 minutes that's not what I want what I want to hear is this is a guy we think can be a star in the right circumstance and maybe it won't work out but we think he can be a star and if and if you can get that guy that's what you do now because and I said it last podcast you have enough solid players right you have a whole roster full of really solid guys. Bringing in a Brandon Clark uh, right now, just to me, is just another solid individual. What you what you really need to do is take the swing swing for the fences. Yeah. Because, like you said, if it fails, it fails. Right? It's almost you're at this point that you've had you have so much goodwill with the fan base. If you do take a big swing and you miss, I really feel like people are gonna say, okay, well, at least they tried to go yeah. big or go home. You know, and and all. So at the end of the day, I I trust whoever they pick because I've watched the last few years and I see that we've had um, some great. We have we've had some picks in the in the teens and even in the second round that have worked out really well for the team. Um, but at the same time, I do want to see them go for the Kevin Porter, the Nazir Littles, so the 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 playmaker, the impact guy, the guy who could be the difference for the next five years. And trust the culture. If look, if you talk about the culture so much. This is what the culture should be about. The culture is not just okay. We can we can make an NBA player of Rodney Magruder. That that's great. That's great, and it's great to have those guys as your eighth through twelfth guys. Okay, and as your as your sort of you know they're the guys you know break glass in case of emergency or mm. plug in plug them in 
in and they'll give you decent minutes. But to me, what if the culture is what they believe it is? The culture is taking a guy who's kind, who could be a diamond, but he's a little rough, okay, and turning it into a diamond. Not trying to get, you know, trying to create something. And my analogies are terrible. I don't write as much as I used to. But like trying to create something where you're getting a dime out of it. Like no, it, it's you know, and you know, okay, you can use the dime, okay? No, you you need to find uh, core. Uh, you need to find somebody to build this thing around, and if you if you go and you fail, it's okay. And I will say what what I will say for the guys that they have drafted, and for the locker room that they have right now, that a guy um, with quote unquote uh, off the court issues, mm. I think they have the guys in Justice, Jay Rich, mm. Bam, um, JJ, uh, Udonis is still around the team. I think they have a locker room that could take one of these mm-hmm. uh, a, a young kid with maybe some off the field off the court stuff and mold him and br- bring him right into the culture. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we I don't think they need to shy away. Oh, this kid has a little rough background. I think they have the, ki- the they have the guys that are young enough in that locker room that are, that can relate to him, but are o- also seasoned enough that they can bring him into the mold and kind of make sure that, hey, listen, this is how we do things here. This is how we do things in Miami, which is probably one of the biggest things of Dwayne coming back for the last year and a half Mm -hmm. because those kids got a healthy dose of Dwayne, healthy dose of UD. So you got to trust that the heat culture that you've instilled in those guys will rub off on anyone else you bring into the locker room. The the best quote uh, I got on that topic was Kyle Korver once told me, he said, every locker room can take one knucklehead. You just can't give him a buddy. Yeah. And that's kind of, and, and go back to, and we love him, but go back to 08, and that was kind of the issue. They didn't like Beasley and Chalmers hanging out so much together because they thought Beasley was having a bad effect on Rio. Yeah. And it was sort of when Beasley cleared out and Rio was with guys like you know chris bosh and mike miller that it was like oh okay that that's the the light went off right and they're like okay and but that's that's kind of that's the the premise here and i do think you're right i think they can handle it all right we're gonna have more heat content nba content during the week probably we'll get into the lakers a little bit more at some point but both alf and i are going to be out here at the draft on thursday night we're going to pod as soon as the pick is made so we're going to pod we're going to do like 10 minutes we're going to send it to you send it out we're going to get it produced we're going to get it up Uh, This is the way we're going to do things now, and, and you'll get more podcasts from us going forward, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.